Jalen in San Francisco Bay Area. Jalen's in LA. Uh, each week we call it one another and we just catch up. <laughs> that is the worst joke I've ever made. Sit on this crucifix <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh. This- stop, stop, stop. Ow! Uh, that, yeah, I, I went there, Mike. I uh, went there, motherfucker. Hey, hey Joey. Joey. Hi, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hi, hey, Mike. <laughs> no one would ever go to this what? many sex-sounding gay bars. Down the spiral staircase? With a <laughs> dancing monkey? Seriously. <laughs> Did you buy dog Viagra? Joey, it was nice catching up with you. Go to hell, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. My name is Mike. That is Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. And each week we call one another. Oh. We've been friends for over a decade, and each mm. week we call one another, and we just catch up. Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. That's what we do every single week without fail. Uh, by the way, I've made an executive decision. I'm never going to do the hello, Mike Lawson, like that ever again. I'm I'm okay with that. I am I support that. In the middle of it, I was like, this isn't as good as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, which is like me and every episode we do. <laughs> <laughs> by the just way, some... Kidding. Somebody I know was listening to the episode, and they were asking about Steve. Uh Uh-huh. Right? And uh, he goes, uh, is Steve the one that doesn't like you? And I go, no, I think Steve likes me. I go, "Uh, Steve's cool. I go, in fact, I can't see, I cannot imagine you and Steve ever breaking up. Wow. Steve, Steve certainly doesn't like, doesn't, I'm sorry, doesn't dislike very many people. Like, there's people that are pretty awful, and he's like, yeah, but they're probably awful because they had a really rough childhood, or... Don't you do wish you were like that? Yeah, it's, I really do. <laughs> I envy it, for sure. It would make me a boring podcast host, but uh, I would I would love to be that way. I wish I could see I think the good in people. that's why he's really good. He does, like, a customer service sort of job, and I think that's why he's so good at it. Because people are upset and uh, probably are pretty awful, and he has an easy time just kind of being, like, helpful. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Instead of spiteful. Did you hear about these 911 people that hang up on – this was in national news not too long ago. This 911 operator took a call. This guy got, kid got shot, and his one of his best friends was calling, and she was, like, f- obviously crying and hysterical. And the 911 operator said, is he breathing? And she kind of, like, is doing so many other things because her best friend is bleeding out next to her. And then Mm -hmm. she's like, uh, or he said again, is he still breathing? And she was like, fuck, man, how many times do I have to tell you? I don't know. And then he's at the operator was like, you know what? You can handle this on your own. And he hung up on her. (laughs) Call 811. (laughs) The kid died, by the way. Oh, but was probably funny. Probably dying anyway, but still. Yeah. Um, if you can't handle that, which I might have been in the same boat as him, but I also would never have that job because of it. Because I just don't have the patience for it. Uh, so more of the story, Steve needs to be a 911 operator. I would just be super stressed all the time. Like I would almost empathize with him so much. I'd be like, I'm choking to death. But I don't know how they're talking, but I'd be like, oh my god, oh my god. You know, I'm ch- <laughs> don't say that's me grossing me out, you know. <laughs> or um, And then how do you hang up and then take the next call where it's like, 
Yeah, you've just gone through this, right? Something different. Yeah, it's yeah, so many emotions. Ugh, so awful. I'm glad we're talking about something other than personal stories because, Joey, my first story that I wanted to tell you is that I have no stories this week. Nothing. Well, that makes it going to be a good episode. Um, I'm not even joking. This week I did work stuff, which was boring. Um, I've done all – I've been actually – um, I don't know if I should thank you or Marianne Williamson, the the lady you worship, but yeah. Um, a few maybe a month ago, I said that I wanted to start getting into more creative freelancing, and since then, and they're all people that don't listen to the podcast, but things have just poured in. So like, in my head, I think that I was focusing on wanting it, and it yeah. kind of just manifest for manifested. Is mm-hmm. that the past? It manifested yeah. for me. So yeah, um, you, man- you man, no, no, you manifested it. I manifested it. Um, yeah, which is cool. Uh, well, you know, look to get away from Marianne Williamson. I actually first learned about manifestation from not um, the secret. And, and by the way, Marianne Williamson is against manifestation. By the way, uh, but I first learned about it from uh, the seminal bestseller "Think and Grow Rich." Oh. Well, I don't think that it's, like, anything, like, spiritual or anything. All I've done is, like, wanted something. So then when there were opportunities that presented themselves, I was thinking about it. So I seized it. It's not... That's sort of what Thinking Grow Rich does. It's not that it came to me because I was, like, praying for it or anything spiritual like that. It just kind of was my mind was in the right place to seize an opportunity. This I could get into this, but that's not what this show is about. Mm Mm-hmm. But you manifested it. Yeah. Thank you. Um, What's well, up you with know, you? Well, no, but before you say, I do actually have a story for you to tell. Oh. When I was talking to that same friend about uh, Steve, I was like, oh, you know, I, I can't see them breaking up because this Rod Kyle wasn't a terrible person. So that made sense. And I go on this Philip. I go, uh, I go, I, I just go, he was just not a good, he was like an awful person too. I go, and there's this great story and I can't remember why, it, I go, I can't remember the details. This is what I told the person. I go, I'll try and uh, finagle a way to get Mike to talk about it on the show. But since you have no story, I can just outright ask you to tell this story on the show. Mm-hmm. Which is, what was the story, and it's one of my favorite Mike Lawson stories. I don't know if this was ever an episode of What Some Would Call Lies, but... When you and Philip were like lying in your apartment at night or something, and somebody came knocking on the door. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, well, you're gonna break the the fourth wall actually because I did tell it on what someone call lies, and I did tell Philip stories on what someone call lies, but I made them two different characters because I didn't want people to think of this awful guy at the end of the relationship as the same guy as he was in the beginning of the relationship. Yeah. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but the basics of the story is I was sick one day and um, I called Philip and I was like, hey, I feel awful, but I also don't want to be alone. Can I just come sleep over at your house? Oh, so you were at his house. Yeah, but unexpectedly at like yeah. late. Um, so I like drove over at like 10 o'clock just to sleep. This is now, um, this, let's just set this up. You dated a guy named Philip. Yeah. And, and uh, he he was kind of like a, like a well, I guess to put it nicely, like a loser, <laughs> right? Uh huh. Dead baby. 
Yeah. How sad. He still kind of is in that boat. Um, yeah. Well, look, because he manifests that at the world he operates in. So we, what happened was I was like, hey, I know it's late, but I just feel disgusting. I would feel so much happier if I could just come sleep there. He and was, was like, he well, just like, yes. No, he was like, well, I don't want to get sick. And I was like, well, that's a good point. But like, really, I just am miserable and please. And so he's like, okay. So then I come over. And we pretty much go directly to sleep. Yeah. And um, when we're there, we're, we're it's probably like after midnight, maybe closer to one. And yeah. all of a sudden, somebody knocks on the door. And I like sit straight up. And he like yeah. pulls me down. He lived in a studio. So like the front door is next to the bed practically. Yeah. And he's like, just go to sleep. Just go back to sleep. <laughs> kind of whispering. <laughs> And I was like, there's someone at your door. And he's like, they're probably just selling something. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, at 1 a.m.? Somebody's door-to-door what? And he said, "Um, well, no. And that was pretty much it. He turned over and pretended like he was still sleeping. Yeah. And so I kind of put my hand on his chest, and his heart was, like, pounding so hard. Oh, really? Yeah, and when I felt his heart pounding, I was like, oh, this fucker just got caught cheating on me. Right? Yeah. So well, when I told the story, <laughs> it was the guy kept knocking. He was like, oh, yeah, it's just somebody, like, selling something. And he was like, and you're like, oh, okay. And then he was like, he was like Philip. <laughs> And you were like, oh, okay, here it comes. So what did, So what was the end result? Did you break up with him right after that? or No, I stayed with him for like two more years. What? <laughs> well, it was a long time. There was, I actually caught him cheating directly. Like, Which is um, funny. I don't know if I'm really telling tales out of school here, and I can edit this out if you're not comfortable. But one of the things I always liked about your relationship with him was, not I liked it. I'm just like, oh, that's kind of neat, you know, because I'm. Is that you were like, oh, he can, like, go online and, like, jack off with guys on, like, whatever was around at that time. I don't know. How did people do that then? Like AOL or something. Yeah. He, like, you were like, I don't, you know, you guys had an agreement that he could go on, like, AOL chat rooms and, like, yeah. jack off with guys. At- Which was a perfectly reasonable agreement if there was solid trust. But eventually yeah. that turned into stuff that was, like, like, he was meeting up with people and I was getting played. You know, mm-hmm. and he was living in my house <laughs> at that time when I when I eventually kicked him out. Um, he was living in my house and cheating on me. Oh, he was. So he was cheating on you when he was living there at the house. Yeah. And I kicked him out because, well, remember, he brought home hepatitis. Mike, I want you to meet my new friend. <laughs> His name is hepatitis. Um, How did you go, know? He had to go to the ER and. Like a fucking pathetic fool that I was, I drive him to the ER and sit in the waiting room trying to figure out what's wrong with him. And then mm-hmm. he comes out and he's like, let's just go. And I was like, what <laughs> happened? <laughs> I feel so pathetic telling this story. He's like, let's just go. And so in the car, I was like, what is it? And he's like, well, it's hepatitis, but. Um, I think I got it from eating off dirty dishes. No, but even better, Joey. He was like, you know how I really like to um, use rubbing alcohol to kind of clean my body sometimes? <laughs> Wait, is that true? Yeah, he would like take 
rubbing alcohol to a cotton swab and like put it everywhere on his body. What? Like, wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. That's weird. I've never heard of anybody doing that. Yeah, he was a little bit weird. Um, he was like, yeah, so I think maybe I got it from that. Or maybe it was from, like, taking too many aspirin. <laughs> yeah. Or having unprotected sex with people who have hepatitis. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, you should go. Um, oh, that yeah. was that was the final straw when he had hepatitis? Yeah. So he, had, he ended up having to move back to Oakland because I kicked him out of my house. And what was his response when he kicked him out? Was he like, okay, well, I guess I deserved that. Or was he no. like, fuck you, man? Or... It was, he was kind of upset, yeah, that I was making a – that I was assuming that he was a bad person. We've since had come to Jesus talks where, like, he's – everything he's done, he's owned up to now. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Well, so much so that, like, when he was in his new rela- – these aren't my stories to tell, really. But when he was in his new relationship and then he was getting played, I was the guy he came to and, like – talked it out with so like i I was cheating on you how did you know (laughs) (laughs) i like the guy i feel like he is a decent Mm. human he's a good friend mike mike Mm. mike do (laughs) we need to talk about the guys i'm almost thinking mike i was actually let's talk up you know (laughs) again behind the a little bit peek behind the curtain here. I was thinking, like, we should, like, charge a dollar a month. Like, a dollar a month. Nothing. Right? And release, like, all the fucking stories we tell each other that don't make it to the show. <laughs> because you you and I both know he's been up to some shenanigans Yeah, that don't mean he's, a de- that mean he's not a decent person. He... <laughs> okay. Well, whatever. I... That would be a, like already. That would be like the story of why Richard and you are feuding, or not feuding. You have cold war between you and Richard. That would be. On I don't there. have the, no. It's not a cold war because that was two parties. This is more like Cuba and the U.S. Where Cuba's like whatever, and then yeah. the U.S. is like we are not going to your state. Yeah, <laughs> and also uh, what Philip's been up to. We could, you know, actually we could do a whole run of shows just on all the different wars and feuds you have with people. Not true. <laughs> That's so not true. You're the one, a minute before we started recording, you're like, okay, I'm going to have to end this friendship with so-and-so because X, Y, Z. That's how we start every episode. You're like, all right, here are the friends I'm no longer friends with. Well, this is why that that's why that one dollar a month membership would be so good. People would get to hear so Mike and I use Trello to like track the show. <laughs> and this week so, so there's like you know, there's the personal stories uh, wall and then there's the news wall and then it's like what do we have going on next week? And then there's one called Off the Record. And that one now is just as long as the person <laughs> Well, we only talk when we record nowadays because we try to save the stories. Yeah. So there's stories that I want to tell you, but that I don't want to record and have a permanent record of. So I know, but when I see the Trello during the week, I'll be like, mm, chopsticks. What is he going to tell me off the record about chopsticks? You know? Yeah. That, that's what we should call the show. Uh, $1 a month, and you get a show called Catching Up Off the Record. And we just record our off the record conversations and release that. $1 a month. I'm telling you. We would make a solid $5 a month. <laughs> yeah, but then how much would it cost to just kind of manage that? Ugh. 
Well, what do you mean? How, how we can talk how about would this you, off the record? How would you collect money and only give content to those people? It's such a pain in the ass. There must be a way to do it. You know, it's who, not you worth know, five dollars a month. It's worth. I think it'd be more for me to do. For me to do it, I would need to make like a hundred dollars a month. I don't think we would make a hundred dollars a month. I think we would make. If I'm being realistic, I think we would make twenty dollars a month. I think we're getting into territory of something I don't want to (laughs) do. Then you know what? I'm going to start it, and then I will tell the stories on off the record. Okay. Um. What's up with you? You know what we would do is we would just keep that money in like a bank account, right? Yeah, or we could pay for the web fees and stuff that I pay for every month. Oh, do you really? <laughs> I never knew that this happened. I don't know. You know what, Mike? I'm going to be honest with you. I never even thought about people have to pay for something. Why don't I just pay you for that? Well, it's not expensive. Like, this is my hobby, and I like to pay for it. But, like, if you're saying that there's revenue coming in, that should be Oh, then, yeah, for sure. For sure. First. For sure. No, 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 for sure. You're right. I agree. I completely agree with this you. This is such a weird conversation. <laughs> this is going to get all edited out. This is all getting edited out. <laughs> I completely agree with you. That money would go to that for sure. Yeah. And then anything that's over that, we could put to some sort of like humorous uh, joke. Yeah. <laughs> Hundreds of dollars that we put to yeah. humorous joke. No, maybe we, uh, we can go to dinner or something. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so what's up with you? <clears throat> so Mike Lawson, uh, last week I went to this uh, last weekend. The Hollywood Bowl. Do you remember a few months ago I went with a friend of the show, Cameron, and we sat in the box seats for Back to the Future? And remember yeah. the friend of the show, Derek, got better seats than we did for $20? Of course. Well, we got ours for free, so I guess we still made out. But uh, well, the, that box belonged to Trevor. Remember our former co-worker, Trevor? Of course. So Trevor calls me last week and he says, listen. Not friend of the show, Trevor, right? He says, listen, I got these uh, seats. Do you remember that Back to the Future tickets I gave you? I got the seats for E.T. They're doing the same thing for the film, the Steven Spielberg film, E.T. It's going to be the L.A. Uh, Phil accompanying the movie E.T., right? I'm going to come down for that. I decided I'll go to that. It was great. Now... Um, this is going to actually be a part of the next story, but, you know, I have this big SAT project that's been due. That's why I've been, that's why we took the hiatus. It's what I've been working on, like, all day. It's all I do is work on that type, 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 type. Well, it's causing me so much stress to actually have real responsibility and deadlines. <laughs> that <laughs> I started getting, like, serious stomach problems last week. Like, I think it was, like, an ulcer or something. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Where like I'd get like these stabbing pains in my stomach and I'd start like sweating. You because know, you and, had like... something to do five days in a row. <laughs> it's called a job, Joe. <laughs> is that what call it is that what a job feels like, Mike? Is that you have these shooting stabbing pains in your stomach every day? I guess. So I was on this like really bland diet because it was it was really, really oh. bothering me, right? Yeah. So many about but so like the day of the thing, I just do not want to go to this, right? And I'm actually Trying to avoid anything acidic, you know? Okay. okay. And so he's like, so I'm like, so, and so, since, since, now the Back to the Future, I didn't pay anything for these box seats. And now we're going to be in these box seats again. I felt badly. So I go, listen, let me buy dinner and we'll take, because you can eat in the, inside the Hollywood Bowl, right? Oh, right. I yeah, love I go, the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, I love we've, the Hollywood Bowl. We've said Bowl. that before, but yeah. Yeah. And you can take alcohol and stuff. He's like, okay, why don't you pick up some wine? And I'm like, oh, God. 
<laughs> you can't get more acidic than wine, right? And um, he goes, and then um, and then he starts telling me, because he goes, we can go wherever you want for food. But then I remember Trevor is like literally the pickiest eater ever. Like mm-hmm. when we knew him, like I don't know if you knew this, cause I don't know how well you knew him. His grandma, when she was alive and he lived in Riverside, she would cut the crust off of his sandwiches. Peanut butter and jelly only sandwiches. Is that what they were? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he, she would cut the... Remember she would draw a bath for him? My, everyone listening, he was well into his 20s at this point. You know? And I was like, oh, this queen. So I go, why don't you tell me where you want to eat? He's like, perfect. I like this place called Pache. It's in Hollywood. And they have a picnic basket. And it's for two people. And it's $70. And blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, fine. Okay. By the way, you said this queen, and then you just did super <gasps> gay voice. He's not gay. <laughs> Trevor identifies as straight. Yeah, but you're like your caric your caricature of him is totally gay. Well, you're reading into that. I'm just doing an exact impression of no, Trevor's voice. This queen went. Okay, I should have said. I should have said this queen because he said, identifies. You said this queen, and then you went. He said, <laughs> "I want to go to Panchos in West Hollywood, and it is so good." <laughs> Well, the voice is accurate. I, I'm, re- I sh- I, I'm, I'm reading re- into it. I'm retracting I'm it. it. I'm retracting it. I'm saying I shouldn't have said this queen. This very masculine straight man was like, let's well, go to Pache. You exaggerate that direction out. He, he doesn't have to be very masculine. This straight man was like, let's go to Pache. It's in Hollywood. It's, the food's divine. And uh, <laughs> I... I go there all the time whenever we go to Hollywood Ball, and it's $70, and you get salmon and some cookies and bread and a delicious caprese salad, and you get um, uh, <laughs> apples and cheese and crackers. And I was like, okay, well, you just order it, and then I'll pay for it. And it goes really good with a Bette Midler CD. <laughs> Mike. And then he was like, and the wines I want, I want either a Pinot, Pinot Noir or a Rosé <laughs> or this one particular... Um, um, uh, not pomegranate, great a grapefruit soda that's made only in Germany, and I was like, okay, all right, right. So, so I take care of all this, right? And I show up with the wine because he, he has to, he's going to pick up the food, right? So I drive up to his place, and he goes, uh, and by the way, it starts at eight, but just show up at seven thirty. I'm busy till then, and then we'll just take an Uber over to the Hollywood Bowl, and uh, we'll just sit down there, right? And I go, and we'll, we'll eat while we're there. And I remember this, Mike, these box seats, the Hollywood Bowl, are so spacious. And you have this huge box, and you're, and yeah. you're there. I'm like, oh, great. So I show up. I turn up. He's, he's standing outside waiting for me. I show up right at 730 in his building. Luckily, there's parking right in front. I park right there. He's standing there. Mike, he is holding the most gigantic picnic basket. Like, it's not even a picnic basket. It's a big, giant box. Like, imagine like, the size of a box. Like, if you were carrying an like a, a medium-sized dog on an airplane, like one of those carry-on things. What? Yeah, You're like... No, 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 no. Gigantic white cardboard box. It is huge. It is like the size of... Yeah, like that. Or like a, a really large giant duffel bag that you take to the gym. It's, it's huge. Okay. Right? And I'm like, well, okay. I go, but you know what? We do have this, um, this box, so, you know, it's not going to be that big of a deal. So then we go, to the, we take an Uber to the Hollywood Bowl. And by the way, one thing I should say, this isn't important, but I, I did, it did hit me. It did strike me. I was like, Trevor is really good looking. Yeah. He's very I handsome. I think he always has been, right? Yeah, he always has. But you know what? He's one of these guys that's getting better looking with age. 
Mm. Like he's getting older. He just he's just he is really hot, right? I'll give him that in case he listens. I've just been maligning him. So um, we show up. He's being very very nice. We're talking about his job and what he does and. So then we get to the Hollywood Bowl, and uh, we're walking in, and literally as we get, as we step out of the Uber, and we're walking into the Hollywood Bowl, I get like a shooting, like Mike, it's like a pain in my stomach, like I've never gotten before, right? Uh-huh. Like it's like literally like like Satan is digging a knife right in my side, right? But I'm trying to put the best face on for it, right? Yeah. Well, you're on a date. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want my date to know I'm having stomach issues. Yeah. So I, we're walking in, and I'm just like, I'm sweating. I'm literally sweating because I'm in so much pain, okay? And he goes like, are you okay, Joe? Like, are you able to handle this walk? And my, It's not even a hard walk. Oh, uh, because it's, it's like uphill a little bit? Yeah. And yeah. so he's like, Joe, are you okay? You're having trouble breathing there? Like, making fun of me? Like, I'm overweight? But really, it's because I'm having this huge pain in my side you know and i'm all like no i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine right it's not because of the walk it's because i'm about to diarrhea in my pants because that's (laughs) so much better joe (laughs) yeah no i'm I'm totally i'm just out of shape i'm just really really fat and out of shape that's what it is you're right so then we go around and then we're i know where the entrance is for the boxes he goes uh we're not in the boxes this time actually we're in the benches Uh. oh And by the way, this is a sold-out performance. Sold out. Right? And we're getting there right before. They oversell these benches for sure. You've been to the benches with me, right? It's yeah. not like... It's like you have some room, but it's not like a big deal. It's not like you have like... You're not like... It's not like luxurious space around you. So now we're like... And we're in the middle of the row and everyone's seated. So now, like, literally, Mike, an entire half row of people has to get out because Trevor has this gigantic cardboard picnic box with him. Yeah. Well, I hope you don't have to go to the bathroom or anything once you're in there. You know what? Thank God I didn't. You're right. I didn't. But thank God. We're squished, squished into these benches, right? Literally, I'm going to say 30 seconds after we sit down, the, the lights come down, right? And the orchestra comes out, and they start playing, and the everything's starting. Trevor is now taking... Mike, you don't understand. It's like, imagine, like, the most giant box of all time. He's taking it, and he's putting it on his lap, and he's, like, opening it. And he's like, oh, and they gave us a tablecloth here. And I'm like, oh, no, no, we're, like, squeezed. Mike, we are so tight in here. And he's like, he's like digging through the box he's like oh i'm looking for the apples with the, the fromage and, uh, and apples the nuts dish well the and way I'm to all- battle that is offer food to the people next to you like make sure that they're friendly with you so then they might give you a little more space or just be nicer about it we didn't even have time to get to know them so then i go listen trevor because i went to the back of the future i go how hungry are you and he goes he goes I'm not that hungry, but I will be hungry. I go, grab something. I'm not super hungry. You know, I have a knife going to my side. Yeah. I go, just pick something, anything, right? And uh, there's an intermission. And we'll do this intermission. And he goes, oh, okay, great. And so he got like a loaf of bread or something. And he just chewed on it, right? So now, crisis averted, right? He puts the box under the bench. And now we're watching uh, E.T., right? Now the entire time this movie, all of a sudden he's a jokey Joe, 
right? So I'm trying to watch this movie, and he's leaning in going like, doesn't that look like Mandy? And I'm like, what? (laughs) And then something else happens. Uh Uh-oh. She's going to be really surprised. This might surprise you. I feel like it's a little bit more acceptable at the Hollywood Bowl than in a movie theater setting. I am floored. I would have thought you would have been horrified. Well, I feel like that setting is kind of, especially you guys weren't super close. I just feel like it was a little more acceptable. That's my opinion. And he's like, uh, ah, do you think that this really boosted uh, the Reese's Pieces uh, bottom line when they did this? And I'm like, what? I'm just like, oh, yeah. You know, I'm just trying to be polite, you know, talking throughout the entire thing. Finally, the intermission happens. Mike, this dinner was so elaborate. It was uh, corn on the cob with like rosemary, right? And uh, a soup. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even joking. I go, you know what? Why don't you just... Why don't you just why don't you just drink the soup, you know? <laughs> there was a soup in the Yeah, oh yeah, there was a soup. That cracks and, me up for some reason. Then apples with cheese and nuts, which, by the way, it was really good actually. And a apples, prime rib with a carving station. It was sm- <laughs> no, it was smoked salmon. And um it, I will say for like look, it's very expensive at $70, but it wasn't like $70 and you got piece of shit. It was it was actually a lot of food. Yeah. But thank God we saved for it would have been so awkward for everybody there, right? So then whatever, we eat that at intermission, and then we watch the rest of the movie. And then at the end of the movie, he we had some cookies left. They give you a lot of cookies. And he was like, he, t- he actually tells people, like, hey, you guys want the rest of these cookies? We're not going to want them. And I go, oh, wow, thanks. Sure. So now we have to leave the Hollywood Bowl. We're walking out of the Hollywood Bowl. And at a certain point, we're walking all, we're trying to get away from traffic. So we're walking way far away from the Hollywood Bowl. And I go, hey, I didn't even notice you uh, You threw that big picnic basket thing away. Where'd you do that? And he goes, I didn't. I just left it there. What? And I go, what? And he goes, yeah, they'll clean it up for me. I don't care. That's what they're there for. Mike, he left this gigantic picnic basket, this big giant box with all their fucking like, bins and containers just right there at the Hollywood Bowl on the bench. But do you think he, like, was it a nice basket? No, Mike. It's like a white cardboard box. It's like, a, like imagine oh. like imagine two of those those white cardboard file cardboard boxes. Uh huh. Imagine that, like that. Like if you just left that full of trash at the Hollywood Bowl. That sucks. But when you said it, I was thinking that it was like a nice picnic basket. No, no, it's like a white cardboard box. So what are you guys going to see next time you... Oh, uh, uh, no. You- he wanted to go to lunch with me and my Craig, and I was like, oh, yeah. And then I was just like, when they were organizing that, I was like, no. I was like, I just pe- I was just quiet. Yeah, because then we took an Uber the rest of the way to his house. Uh-huh. He was so rude to this Uber driver. He's like, here's what you're going to do. You're going to get in the left lane. You're going to, when it comes in the second line, you're going to, the guy's like, I, I literally live down the street. You're going to make a left on this line, like telling the guy, where, and the guy's like, I live in this neighborhood. So, no second date? No. Hmm. Well, but, I, here's, but here's why I feel badly, is he is so nice. You just talked about how he was not nice to service people <laughs> no. and how he left trash. and That's true. So well, you gave me shit thing. for saying Philip was a good person. 
And then here's here the you are here, doing the exact but, same thing. Well, I'm going to be like Steve right here, though. I do think because in his childhood, he was coddled. He just thinks his grandma is always going to pick up his trash after him. And he needed to tell his grandma how to get places. So I just think this is just from his childhood. Because he that's the thing is he's extremely generous and he's extremely nice and extremely helpful and is a really good person. I just think he makes bad social decisions. And I'm also going to blame him on white privilege. Thank you. You're welcome. What else you got going on there, Mike Lawson? Nothing. Okay. How, so, how about you? <laughs> wait, on the Trello it says uh, something about moving furniture. Oh, I moved all the furniture around in my room. Can you tell? Is the no- the sound any different? I'll see when we listen, but I remember when I walked in, there was a bed in the middle of the room, and yeah. then opposite the door, not totally opposite, but it, good enough for describing it on the radio, on the other side of the room from the door was almost like a little, like, cove like an alcove Uh and that's where you had your computer and by the way what everybody doesn't know and i was shocked to see this mike has like two gigantic james bond villain style computer (laughs) screens yeah two of them i do i mean for work it makes a lot of sense so i'll do like graphic design while also monitoring social networking stuff so it just makes sense to have like a lot of space on screens um but I, I mean, I do. I have my one monitor is actually a TV. It's not a monitor. Oh. Um, so this was my TV until I got a bigger TV. Oh, so it's I pretty. See. It's pretty large. Uh, but basically, everything's little, a little flipped, and my like computer area is condensed so that now the background of my um, behind my computer desk um, is like a the blue wall with all the pictures so that I could do Google Hangouts better because I'm doing so many Google Hangouts for work and stuff that I thought Mm -hmm. it would make sense to have like a prettier background instead of like you could see my bed and all of that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've kind of like studioed it a little bit so that it looks like a better setup. Oh, I see. That's how boring my life is, Joey. That's one of the most exciting things that happened in the last week. I think it's exciting. I mean, I get really, like, whenever I move things around, I'm always excited to, like, oh, the first time I walk into my place, this is what it's going to look like. Or when I, oh, when I go to bed, it's going to be so different. I can't wait to go to bed. Is that how you sort of, sort of felt? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. For sure, when I, like, started up a Google Hangout for the first time after moving everything, I remember, like, going in a couple minutes early so I could see what the background would look like and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and you're so excited, like, oh, you mean this old thing? <laughs> this is so dumb yeah. um i'm gonna focus this next week on having an actual couple of stories to talk about because this week i had literally nothing what's going on in the bay area mike lawson oh i wanted to tell you this is kind of a california story although sacramento is the capital so it took place up here but um recently um i'm talking about this wednesday this story was published um senate bill 128 which is a controversial bill that would allow doctors in california to prescribe life-ending drugs to terminally ill patients uh just uh this week after nearly two-hour debate in the state assembly they passed the bill with a 42 to 33 vote so it now heads to the state Senate, where it's also expected to pass. So I pulled this story because I was curious. I don't think that we have talked about assisted suicide much on here. And I was curious what your thoughts are, because I know you kind of have 
I, I wouldn't call you Catholic, but I know you have like a kind of a Catholic upbringing. Um, so I'm curious where this falls in all of that. Cause I also know that you're pretty progressive. Yeah. Um, so what do you think? Uh, state assisted suicide now or close to becoming legal. Wait, state assisted. Well, like Jerry uh, Brown's over there. Like, okay, well, I'm going to help you. Just tell me when. Oh, come on. You sound like Hillary Clinton with the stupid, like, <laughs> wipe it with a towel joke. Do you, did you hear that? Wait, no. What's that? She, somebody said, like, somebody said you wiped your servers clean in a um, press conference. And she was like, what? Well, like, I went there with a towel. And we were like, oh, come on, dummy. You know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I mean is, I, I, you mean... It's one of these things where the state will allow uh, physician-assisted suicide, and it's, they're right. just permitting it. But the, the state's not, yeah, right, legally. I'm all for it. I've always been all for it. Here, but here's the thing to, to sort of speak for Catholics is, you know, there are a lot of Catholics in, in this country, and a lot of Catholics in the world. And just because the Vatican says something, American Catholics often don't listen to it. So American Catholics tend to be very, very progressive and a lot farther ahead than the Vatican than a lot of people realize. That being said, uh, yeah, totally for physician-assisted suicide. If someone decides to end their own life under medical supervision and they work their way through it and they're in a lot of pain and they would rather make that choice, I'm all for it. Um, I remember back, and I'm watching it now, so it's a little more fresh um, probably in my mind than yours, but in the West Wing probably season like three or four um there's a story arc about um oregon uh the state of oregon making suicides legal and then the attorney general gets involved and the president is like all for it and the attorney general's like but this is a slippery slope because what's next like is it chronically ill people who are just um unhappy is it depression like where do we where does it stop and it keep going and critics of uh, legalizing assisted suicide say that it could exploit poor minority and rural patients who don't have the resources for really long or really expensive treatments. So I'm curious, like your thoughts on that too. Like if, what if just because you're poor, you couldn't afford, you know, some sort of, so then you're just going to have to die earlier or you, well, cho- you choose to Are we die. going under the assumption though, that they have either Medi-Cal or they have uh, some sort of health insurance where that I mean it's it, it can still get expensive actually believe it or not even with yeah. medical insurance but are we are, are we assuming they have medical insurance yeah I think that's pretty safe to assume but that doesn't mean that it's affordable and accessible right I mean if medical in the state of California is you can have medical but then actually having access to a doctor is a different thing find a doctor that takes medical Right. That's that's another hurdle you have to go. You have to jump over. I I would say that uh, to me, and I'm a big proponent of like the 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 problems of a few people don't outweigh the problems of them. So the vast majority of people, because you have to say you have to understand something. No one takes even people who commit suicide. No one takes ending his or her life. Not like, oh, well, you know, like, it's a rerun of The Mentalist, adios world, you know. I mean, the our, our natural state is to try and live. And so you, to, to even for the, those people who are committing suicide for emotional reasons, there's obviously something really, there's something desperate going on in their minds that I wish we could help. So, first of all, no one's taking it lightly, you know. One. Two. Two. 
Um, I would say the vast majority of people who make that decision are going to be people who do it under like a, and also I, 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 I'm, I'm all for, you know, you have to go through the rounds of like psych, you know, psychological treatment and consultation and the doctor agrees. Yes, this is something that might be a good thing. And, um, and all that, not because, you know, like, oh, well, it's going to be expensive. Adios. And so, and even if that does happen a few times, I'm not going to take away the, the, um, right of those who are really ill to make their own life decision choice or to end their own life uh, on their terms. I'm not going to take that away from them. And I know I was playing devil's advocate, but I actually agree with you pretty much on everything. I think in a weird way, it's a lot like abortion. Like this, if we can help people do it so that it's safer and in a weird way, cleaner and less painful, then let's do it. Right. So yeah, uh, giving them access and giving them this choice, I think, is a freedom that people who are dying deserve. What's I in? Agree. What's up in LA? I haven't clicked any of your news stories. So. Well, now because of my my computer freaked out whenever I go on the internet while we're recording, I don't really put that much. Mike, a West Hollywood man, says his ex husband confronted him in his home with an ice pick and has accused the sheriff's department of discrimination in their handling of the case. Larry Workman told WeHoville that he was threatened by his ex, Randy Tullis, in his Hancock Avenue home around midnight, roughly two weeks ago. Workman claimed that he encountered a hooded figure carrying an ice pick in his hallway and began screaming. Okay. I'm still stuck on WeHoville. That's really a news site? I suppose so. <laughs> okay. I'm just imagining that situation like, do, 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 coming home from my day at the club. Oh, no. <laughs> like the guy from Screamy, he's like, ah! Like the, the gay scream that comes out of his mouth as he runs. The intruder then slowly walked out of the home. As he exited, the intruder reportedly threatened one neighbor, claiming that he would hurt her and another neighbor who workman has been dating with the ice pick saying you stole my husband workman and tullis have had been partners for 20 years but are now divorced workman said he also found dark red paint sprayed across the front door of his home according to workman the incident is the latest in a series of threats from his ex the rest of the story is just about how he's complaining that uh, the sheriff's department has been very unhelpful i actually don't buy that i think he's a super dramatic but um, because the sheriffs went and caught him, he was saying that they weren't that they weren't sensitive that they were just like oh whatever you gays. Which look if they were a gay if they were a gay couple living in like Fayetteville, Arkansas, let's say, mm-hmm. then I might say or Rogers, Arkansas. If they were a gay couple living in Rogers, Arkansas, I might be like oh, okay that does sort of make sense, but. The the local sheriff's department in West Hollywood, I'm sure they see this shit all the fucking time. Yeah. So why would they I, be like, shut up, gays? I actually think that um, police departments in uh, San Francisco and West Hollywood are trained specifically to work with a community like this one that they're in, right? There's yeah. like special training that they go through. I don't think... Yeah. I, I mean, it's certainly possible that a homophobic cop gets a job on the West Hollywood Police Department, but I, I don't know. Yeah. My so initial that, that, reaction is to doubt that that's true. Yeah, that's the rest of the story. And they did catch the, his boyfriend and arrested him and, or ex-husband. 
But uh, Mike, my question to you: What would you do if you came home and there was a guy dressed in the scream costume holding an ice pick? <laughs> I guess I would be scared. But I don't think that I would, like, think that the person was actually out to get me. I think my initial reaction would be to, like, keep distance Mario. and be like, yeah, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> Which actually is funny because the beginning of the Scream movie, um, if you remember, Drew Barrymore's on the phone and this yeah. guy's calling and she keeps saying, like, I forget the name, but she's like, is that you, Joe? Come on, is that you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Mario. Just stop. Uh, Joey, I... What? No, just blaming Mario. I have a story I want to tell you. Um, This uh, has been updated since I originally wanted to tell it to you, so now they caught the guy, but uh, the 62-year-old man was arrested for spray-painting, quote, no more Chinese all over Bayview. So the San Francisco Police Department is thankful... Uh, because the public has helped them arrest a man who uh, Tuesday vandalized uh, all over San Francisco saying with uh, the words, no more Chinese. Um, There's pictures of it. I actually saw the story before they caught the guy. Um, But the graffiti raised serious concerns in the neighborhood about a growing racial divide in the city. Um, The words, no more Chinese, were found sprayed in orange paint at six locations. Were you like, if that's the case, I am moving. No. I actually thought maybe he like had a really bad dinner. He's like Oh uh, yeah. He was just trying remember to remind when, remember himself. Remember when we were in San Francisco we went to Mission Chinese and we were there for maybe five minutes and we were like later Yeah. We peaced out. Which is supposed to be this legendary Chinese food place. But I think we went at a weird time. It was like we really did. nobody was paying attention to us. We looked at the menu. We Nothing looked exciting. And, and, I'm not and, used to going to Asian places and no one paying attention to me. Let's go. It was <laughs> stupid. It was a lunch menu too. Remember, Joey? So you had heard about something specific. And then when we got to the lunch menu, it wasn't there. So we were just like, uh, and we left. Uh, but am to go to the Bay Area this week for just for like a, a really quick stop. Do it. Um, there's a interesting aspect to the story that, um, has popped up. There are people that are comparing this guy's kind of hate for Chinese people Mm -hmm. to the hate that, um, techies are getting, um, tech people, I guess. Um, What? Yeah, there's, like, vandalism uh, happening where people are saying, like, go home, techie scum, and that sort of thing, and trying to get uh, the tech industry folks to move out of San Francisco. So there's people that are drawing a parallel between go home, techie scum, and no more Chinese. Um, I think one of the obvious differences is that Chinese people just happen to be Chinese people. Uh, They're kind of struggle to probably change that, whereas the people in tech are i mean that's a job and a choice and characteristics that come with that are not something that they this would be really tough for you because those are two things that you you love tech you were like the you were the fucking just joseph goebbels of tech industry right but you also love chinese this would be very painful for you you're dumb uh but basically there's people drawing that parallel and that's what made the story a little more interesting. I was, it would be a great plot twist if it was all of it was you. Like you oh, were the I ones was, writing that and you were the ones saying go home tech. And I was like, whoa, that would be like 
serious M. Night Shyamalan stuff. Yeah. But what is your opinion? Do you want, who do you want? Okay, let me ask you this. It's a tough question. Sophie's choice here. If you had to choose one for them to go away, would it be the Chinese? You had to choose one or the tech. I don't think I don't think I really Sophie's understand choice. the question. Sophie's choice. I don't choice. understand the question. You have a ma- someone comes with a magic wand, and, and they're says, saying get rid of all of one type of person. Yes, is it going to be all tech people or all Chinese people? Why would I? You ha- it, It's a hypothetical Sophie's choice question. Well, it's stupid. Um, I guess I would say I don't have a lot of Chinese friends, but I have more tech friends, so maybe I would say tech people could stay. Well, okay, there you go. That's all, that's all I was asking. That's the that was the answer to the question. I just benefit a lot from like Instacart and all the like Spoon Rocket apps and that sort of thing. So, but why if those people were gone, would you not? Ben- I mean, the the apps still exist. Well, no, the, I benefit from the creation of new ones. Oh, I see what you're saying. But they can they can, the tech people just move somewhere else. Yeah, but I think that the apps exist here because of that. Okay. And it's a hypothetical. Why are you challenging me on that? You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, do you have any other stories? Yes, Mike. Los Angeles County Sheriff's deputies fatally shot a carjacking suspect after he led authorities on a chase, then ran off shooting and taking hostages inside a Chris and Pitt's barbecue restaurant in Downey. Oh, Thursday. I've been there. Well, that was the reason I picked the story. No, wait, the one in Downey, actually? Yeah. Oh, well, we'll come back. Oh, I I chose it for a different reason involving you. No hostages were hit by gunfire, and the identity of the suspect has yet to be released. Mike Lawson, didn't you used to work at a Chris and Pitts? No. Oh, that's why I chose it. I thought you worked at Chris and Pitts. Even worse, I worked at a Love's Barbecue. (laughs) (laughs) Did you tell that story on What Someone Call Eyes? Um... I think I told the story about there was a waitress at work there. Everyone called her red because she had bright red, fake red hair. And she had really long, fake acrylic fingernails. And she used to take croutons from the salad dressing like station. Mm-hmm. And she would, between the fingernails, hold a crouton and then dip it into the ranch dressing. Where we would like get ranch for everyone's um, salads. Ew. And she would eat the crouton right off of the so her fingernails which were gross and disgusting and had like barbecue shit under them dipped into the ranch dressing and then she would lick all of it off of her fingernails it was so disgusting now why have you been to the chris and pitts in uh downey well i had a friend who used to live uh or who used to go to school in downey which is so weird because she lived in like buena park or la mirada or something Mm -hmm. but i feel she lived with her grandma in Buena Park, but her mom lived in Downey, so she kind of like grew up in that school system and stayed there. Okay. So, and she really loved Chris and Pitts. <laughs> <laughs> what do they serve and, at Chris and, and Pitts? And at this exact Chris and Pitts, we got um, one time they brought out a side salad. Yeah. It's like it's like barbecue bullshit. One time they brought out a side salad, and in the side salad there was a tiny little snail. And when we told the waiter, he was like, "Mm, did you guys bring that in? (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, I've been there, dude. That's crazy. Wow, that is crazy. So nobody got hurt, right? Well, the the suspects were shot and killed. Right, suspects. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah. 
I'm sure there's more to that story. I just want to bring up the part about Chris and Pitts. Chris and Pitts, man. There used to be one, I think, in like Anaheim, too, or something. It can't be good barbecue. It's awful, but... Well, I feel like barbecue... I mean, it's not... It's sort of like pizza. Like, even really bad barbecue isn't that bad. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little bit of a food snob, which I can be. But, you know, like, I I consider myself really good at doing barbecue. Yeah. And um, and I've had great barbecue. I've actually had great barbecue. I'm not going to say I've made great barbecue, but I, bar- bar- I barbecue. But then I go to these, like, chain places, and I'm like, I, I, can, I struggle to find anything to eat. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. I, I Like I said, I don't think that it's, like, wonderful barbecue, but I feel like um, even kind of a crappy set of ribs or something isn't that bad. I suppose you're right. Um, a, a quick story that has nothing to do with California. Well, it does have to do with something to do with California. We have a, a great fan named Opie Poe. Oh, yeah. Right? She won Catching Up with Catching Up one time. We had a long conversation with her. She lives in... Um, no, it has nothing to do with California, but she's a fan of ours. You know? And I would say she's actually outside of the normal catching up demo. Wouldn't you say that? Like when I think of who listens to the show, I don't think of the Opie Poe demographic. Well, what's funny because Opie Poe is a woman and she seems like really proper and, and she runs a bakery in a, in a yeah. northern state, I'll just say. I, don't, I think she's very protective of her privacy. Mm-hmm. And um, so... What's funny is she, when she was talking to us, she was just a really nice lady, and uh, she would tell us that she would listen to her show, our show, on the beach while she's walking her dog, and then we would have to. She'd be listening like with this, you know, the, the sound would just come out. She's not wearing headphones for some reason, and we would be talking about really vile shit, and she'd have to be really embarrassed. Be, she'd be really embarrassed because people would be walking by and we're talking about like, yeah, I was sucking this guy's cock, you know? Yeah. And so every time we have those conversations, I'm always thinking about, oh, poor Opie Poe's walking down the beach. Right. Well, it's the same town that Opie Poe lives in. Weird. So you started this story with saying, I'm not going to tell you what state Opie Poe lives in. But if you go find this article, here's how you would find it. And it tells what town she lives in. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Now we're in trouble. I had to cut this whole story out. (laughs) What's up to you, but I do know you started this with saying, I think she's private, so I won't tell you what state, but you gave everyone clues to figure no, out No, she is city. super private, because then also she's a Oh, yeah, people will totally know who she is. Okay, well, hold on, there's, there's going to be a beep in between. Hey, what everybody. If you, what if you beep out um, just her name? And the no, That's really annoying. I'm just going to do this. Everything. Hey, listen, everybody. Uh, we told a really good story, and uh, I had to cut it out because I realized I gave away someone's identity. He started the story with, like, this person's super private, so I won't tell you what state they live in. But then he went on to tell every detail about the uh, something else that happened, and Joe was like, and they're neighbors, and the address is this. <laughs> you see, but this is why you pay the dollar a month for catching up off the record. Stupid. Okay, Joey, um, nice catching up with you, Joe. Go to hell, Mike. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. 
Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast. Follow us on Twitter at CU Podcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed and you'll no longer be afraid.